Well, welcome to week four of our Lenten journey for our Lenten book study on the way of the disciple. And as we enter in this week, we'll be looking at chapter four, which is called Leaping Bartimaeus. I am tired, and I don't know how your Lenten journey is going, but maybe we could just check in uh, first to see how your Lenten journey is going, Sarah, for you so far, about halfway through. Yeah, thanks, Father Zach. Well, I'm tired today, too. It's <laughs> gloomy out there and a little bit cold again and windy, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the Lord is with us even when we are tired and Mm -hmm. as we talked about last week uh, he wants to give us rest that's deeper than even just physical rest so we'll trust that he'll provide that for us today and for all of our listeners yeah yeah we'll pray for that rest because I we can all use it Mm -hmm. Um, as we enter in today I'm just going to read our gospel which comes from Mark 10 46 through 52 and I just want to kind of lay a little bit of a, uh, a groundwork for you for this particular gospel. So, so Jesus is leaving Jericho, and Jericho is right next to the Dead Sea, which is the, the lowest place on earth, which is a symbol of Jesus wanting to go into the depths um, to encounter everyone who feels neglected, everyone who feels lost or unwanted or even unneeded. And the Lord doesn't go to the kings, the highest place. He goes to the lowest places. So wherever you may find yourself, uh, this particular uh, Lenten journey. Uh, do know that Jesus wants to meet you uh, in those low places too, where you feel lost and blind and you need courage. So our gospel begins with, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples, a great multitude, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, rise, he is calling you. And throwing off his mantle, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has saved, has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. I just want to say like the gospel of the Lord. <laughs> As a priest, I'm so used to doing it. Praise to you, Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, well, maybe we'll start with on page 71. Just uh, one thing that kind of stood out to me was um, this it says this episode of the blind man of Jericho is located in Mark just before the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And Lord, it says, giving sight to the blind man is a perfect image of what Jesus wants to operate in us to open the eyes of our, of our soul to the vision of faith, the vision of who he is, of how he reveals the Father, and what destiny he intends for us so i know a couple weeks ago we talked about um wanting to write our own story mm-hmm. that, that, that uh, having that self-autonomy uh, but here there is a new story being written and i think in the gospels one thing we grow it's we have to see ourselves in every single person mm-hmm. in the gospel um pope emeritus benedict talks about that and um just wondering uh kind of as we kick this off like what was standing out to you as you began to read this particular chapter yeah, I think um, what I was contemplating was 
Jesus stopping that yep. when I was praying about that this morning mm-hmm. I was really drawn to those words in the gospel that Jesus he's you know on his journey but he hears someone calling out for him desperately mm-hmm. for help and he stops what he's doing mm-hmm. he turns and gives his full attention to that person even though the people around him are trying to stop Bartimaeus right. from coming he knows a need he mm-hmm. sees it and he knows that he can meet it mm-hmm. um, and for my own prayer this morning, I was thinking about those moments like, do I stop when people are calling out? Yeah. Do I yeah. just keep going because I have my own thought about what I ought to be doing that day? Mm-hmm. So that was my own personal prayer this morning, asking stop. the Lord, help yeah. me to stop like you did, yeah. to pay attention to people in their need. Yeah, I remember when I was in uh, my third year, or third year of theology, so fifth year of seminary, and we were doing preaching class, and I was preaching on this particular gospel. And, uh, and then I went on a retreat to... Uh, St. John's community in, in, in uh, Princeville mm-hmm. and I was down there and then on my way back you know I'm still praying about this but like before I went on that particular trip because I just needed a break um, spring break starting for us soon so I'm looking forward to it <laughs> well. it's almost here um, before I went on break the, the rector of the seminary Father John Karchi at one line uh, before I went on he, we were sitting eating and he just he just pours out to us he's a guy that love you I will do anything for you and I just like it just like hit me I needed to hear that I was loved and then I went on this retreat, uh, really just times to kind of read and, and relax. It wasn't necessarily like directed or anything, but on the way back, you know, with doing the preaching class on Bartimaeus and him stopping, um, I had to get gas. And it's just weird how the Lord works. And I, I pull off the, off the highway and it's to Weber Avenue. Um, and there's a person, two lanes over, there's like, it's like a four lane, like two lanes turn to the right, two lanes turn to the left, and I'm in the middle. And this person's like asking on the side for money. And I'm like, gosh, I can lift the gospel. Or just let this pass by but I'm like mm-hmm. I literally cannot get out of my car and help this mm-hmm. person because I'm in the middle and uh, so I say a Hail Mary you know something mm-hmm. really simple but I go get gas and then I get gas and I see these two women sitting on the grass outside this gas station and I'm just like the Lord's like well it's your chance number two so I'm like <laughs> oh, okay so I go over there and I ask these two women I was like is there anything I can do for you mm-hmm. and uh, they kind of looked at me like they didn't know what I was talking about and they didn't know what to say mm-hmm. um, and they just said well, we, we don't know how to answer that and I said well what do you mean and they said well usually people just ask what do you what do you want mm-hmm. not what can I do for you mm-hmm. and I was like well um, I'll be inside if, if in, the, in the gas station <laughs> you want any food like please come in I'd mm-hmm. like to buy something for you and uh, they, they just kind of sat there and they said, well, we don't really know. So then after I paid for my gas and went back outside, I was like, is there anything I can pray for you for? And they said, hey, could you pray for a friend who's out on the highway at that exit? Because <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking for a ride, uh, you know? And just by stopping, it bore so much fruit. Yeah. Mind you, I'm a man. So again, if you're a woman and there's, you, you got to be very prudent about yes, that too. Yes, you do. Um, with, your, with your gender and with what, what, what disposition the Lord put you in. Mm-hmm. But I just felt, I just like thought, wow, I just stopped live the gospel and saw how much fruit mm-hmm. it bore and even as you were mm-hmm. saying like they stopped or they tried to stop Bartimaeus but it was mm-hmm. the wrong type of stopping right yeah <clears throat> you know I think of like them wanting to, to stop Bartimaeus but the Lord's like I'm gonna stop all of this mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think sometimes we want that when our world feels like it's spinning we just need to stop mm-hmm. uh, and I, I've just seen it personally bear bear uh, bear bore bear a lot of fruit I don't even know <laughs> bear I think <laughs> yeah bear a lot of fruit yeah 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 it's 
I mean, the gospel, we tend to focus on Bartimaeus and the beauty of what God is doing in him, but there's something that he's doing, Jesus is doing in the disciples also Mm -hmm. by helping them see the broadness of who he's come to reach. And Jesus says, after he stops, call him, call Bartimaeus to me. And one of the points that Erasmo makes is that that's the the call, the words that Jesus had given to his disciples. He called them yeah. to be with him. You're and, not so different. <laughs> right, yeah. So Bartimaeus is one of my disciples too. I'm calling him to mm-hmm. me in the same way that I called you. And don't put limits on who I'm going to call based on their mm-hmm. ability or how you might see them. Yeah, because he, uh, he even says like, uh, you may recall, on page 72, he says you may recall him as the one who had first seen the blurred manner uh, in a blurred manner, like walking trees. I was thinking, you know, like the apostles, or even those who have had, those of who have uh, begun our journey already, we can feel like tall trees to others mm-hmm. um, who maybe are just starting their journey or restarting their journey, and they think that we're perfect. And sometimes we can forget that we feel like tall trees to mm-hmm. other people because, oh, you pray a holy hour every day, or you pray a rosary every day, or you pray Lexi Divina, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And I think those of us who are becoming, instead of disciples, we're apostolic at this mm-hmm. point. We've made the, the, the jump from being a follower to an apostle, which I would say is your more commissioned. Um, we can forget where we came from, mm-hmm. that we were all Bartimaeus at one mm-hmm. point. I think which goes into, into the point of uh, page 72 at the beginning of the second paragraph, where he says, but to apprehend these truths, um, the Lord's not come to condemn us or judge us, to set us free. Mm-hmm. We, need to, we need to be healed of our illness of worldly mm-hmm. vision. Mm-hmm. Our main problem is that we think we already see, whereas in truth, we are blind. He goes on to say, Bartimaeus is most fortunate in realizing the precise nature of what ails him. What do you think often how people say that? I don't know what's wrong with me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. Maybe a good prayer to say, like, well, the, the beauty of being blind is you know that you're yeah, blind. Yeah, you know you're blind. You know mm-hmm. what your limitation is mm-hmm. and what you're desiring from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then just going into that of like, Bartimaeus is going to have that same truth that we heard about last week. Who is this that calms the sea? You know, and they're going to, he's going to be like, who is this that deli- gives sight to the blind? You know, that we need that, that gift of the Holy Spirit of fear and awe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just wondering like, where have you uh, seen in your life where the veil is lifted? Um, because there's different mm-hmm. types of blindness. Yeah, um, definitely. Well, the, the thought that comes first to mind is in my conversion to the Catholic faith. So I like to say that I was converted to Jesus when mm-hmm. I was five, but mm-hmm. it took 30 more years to be converted to his church. Mm. And I did have a lot of blindness about the Catholic church, a lot of ignorance, believe things that I was told as a, a child that I come to believe now are not true. Um, and... You're right, like the disciples, I didn't even realize that I was blind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought I saw things correctly, Uh, but over time, the Holy Spirit very gently, uh, in my case, and with a lot of time, (laughs) began to show me, oh, maybe this thing that you thought is no longer true. So I think about going to Marquette, that was really my first encounter Mm -hmm. with uh, Catholics who love Jesus, and mm-hmm. that rocked my world. And yeah. Maybe they actually are. Maybe they are Christians. Yeah, right. Uh, so it was like that was the first step, and then there were many, many more steps on the journey. So for me, it was more than just a two-phase process. Mm-hmm. It was a multi-phase process of 
having the scales pulled away and being able to see the the Catholic faith for the beauty and the truth that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking even as you said that of uh, maybe like the veil for you would have been even like um, the cloak or um, that Bartimaeus is wearing uh, that he has to throw off. So it's just, it's mm-hmm. a whole identity is in his blindness, mm-hmm. right? His mm-hmm. identity is not in Christ yet. Mm-hmm. And how often we forget how courageous it is for you to you know, cross the Tiber, mm-hmm. come into the Catholic Church. I know a lot of people were like, just when I first started discerning priesthood, they were so like, you're so brave. You know what I was kind of mm-hmm. like? Am I? Because <laughs> eventually you're like, I just have to do it. I right. have to pursue this because my, so my mind and my heart is so compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think often, you know, when people uh, have to throw off the, the identity of what the world has called them, whether it's LGBTQ or whether it's, um, you know, athlete or whether, you know, all these titles, their sexuality or, or whatever they do, a YouTuber, but they have to be known by, by a follower, being a follower of Jesus. Um, this is kind of a weird thing that happened to me yesterday. Um, I can say it because I said it in confession, but it wasn't the person's not here, but I can, it was a general statement. But I was thinking as people were confessing their sins, and I said it to one person, I said, if what you just confessed was your obituary, mm-hmm. is that what you want to be known for? Wow. Right? So for Bartimaeus, his obituary would say who he was before mm-hmm. he encountered Christ, and clearly mm-hmm. he went to Jerusalem to see Jesus Christ crucified. He mm-hmm. followed in line. And because of Jesus, him calling out, screaming out, you know, probably from the depths of his heart, I am so tired of being downcast mm-hmm. and forgotten and neglected. Here's my identity. And Jesus calls out to him. Um, but I think of like often like, this is probably like a life or death matter for mm-hmm. Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. Him wanting to, you know, know is Jesus who he says he is. Mm-hmm. And I think often like if, if Jesus is who he says he is, it changes everything mm-hmm. it helps us know who we truly are um i was kind of wondering like for you uh what difference did that make when you headed from the person of jesus into the, his bride the church mm-hmm. and the veil is kind of lifted and finding your identity as a catholic christian and not i don't want to say just a christian but you know, you know what i'm saying i'm not <laughs> right, trying to poop right, any right, protestants right, evangelicals right, or anything right, right. um well i think I found a fullness in the faith that I had been missing that Mm. was part of the veil being lifted. So one piece of that, a very important piece, was the Eucharist, the Mm -hmm. longing that I had to receive Jesus in the Eucharist as I came to understand that. So that was an unveiling, too, Mm -hmm. like, wow, Jesus really truly is Mm -hmm. present here uh, and having the eyes to, the spiritual eyes to see that. But also the fullness of the family. So... You know, some people say they come to Jesus through Mary. Mm-hmm. It was the reverse for me. Jesus introduced me to his mom because he oh, said, you know, yeah. you really need to know her. <laughs> She's uh, all right. <laughs> She's pretty great. And then the fullness of the communion of the saints. So all of these things that had been downplayed or frowned upon in my uh, tradition growing up became mm-hmm. these gifts that the Lord wanted to give me as I became mm-hmm. Catholic. Communion of the saints, confession, mm-hmm. the Eucharist. Um, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind immediately. But it was Jesus saying, there's so much more. There's a richness mm-hmm. here that you have been cut off from that I want to give mm-hmm. you. And I'm sure Bartimaeus must have felt that way too, being cut off from being able to see the world mm-hmm. around him. But 
is a deeper scene that he's given a gift of too to see Jesus and like you said then to be there mm-hmm. at the crucifixion and to uh, to see to see the the unveiling of Jesus and who he was the mm-hmm. love that he had for the world poured out yeah so I was like did you have any like Bartimaeus moments like on page 74 he says we now contemplate in detail the beautiful face of Jesus in the episode of blind Bar- Bartimaeus and on page 75, he says, In the last stop before the triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, a huge crowd is pressing around Jesus in addition to the disciples. But it says, But Jesus has no interest in faceless crowds, only in, mm-hmm. in needy individuals. Um, just wondering if you had any moments in that process of becoming Catholic uh, where you had those moments where you felt like Jesus was just there for you mm-hmm. or the talk was like specifically mm-hmm. meant for you or a, a time in prayer where like, and I was, I'm kind of like leading into like your, your maybe your, your relationship with Father Bob a little bit, where he like said something else, and you're yeah. like, that actually exists. That <laughs> yeah. actually that's something that can fulfill my heart. Yeah, I mean, there's so many moments like that because Jesus does meet us personally. That's mm-hmm. so true. Like he's mm-hmm. not speaking to a crowd; he's speaking to every human heart, even when there's a crowd that's surrounding mm-hmm. him. And there are certain things that will touch you at certain moments. But yeah, to share that story about Father Bob, I. He's a priest of the Archdiocese of Dubuque, Father Bob Gross, and we met at Creighton. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both students there mm-hmm. in the Christian Spirituality Program, and as he got to know me, he, he basically was the person who did RCIA with me before I did RCIA yeah, officially, yeah, yeah. answering all my questions about the Catholic faith. Um, but at one point, I shared my story, and he said, oh, Sarah, you're like the Protestant version of the Consecrated Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what that was, mm-hmm. but... You know, we're talking about seeing. It was like he saw something in me that I didn't even know existed and called that forth. It felt prophetic to Mm -hmm. me. It was prophetic since now I have a consecrated version. But it was the Lord seeing me through him that allowed me to see myself as Jesus did. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the Bartimaeus moment. Yeah. It's just like. I guess maybe we could we could kind of journey into these six points. Right. Do chapter. you have any stories though? I've been talking a lot oh about my, my story. Um, you should share one. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I I know like when they had obviously when I felt called to be a priest, it was just like I I knew God existed in one day that He loved me, um, that He forgave me, that He was present in the Eucharist, and He called me to be a priest all in one day. So I have <laughs> yeah, like this, that's a lie. All at once. And, but the only thing is like, I didn't have the knowledge. Of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus of, mm-hmm. of, of, of his of his church um, but I, I, I kind of follow him by not shedding so boldly so quickly uh, the shawl you know mm-hmm. or, or the, what I was wearing the weight um, but eventually I had to you know you have to surrender mm-hmm. um, I think I, I guess like I mean there's so many things um, but I don't know <laughs> Ask me when I'm not tired. Okay, <laughs> we'll come back. I'll yeah, I don't know. Um, so he, he has uh, Erasmo Lee of Americati says six points, a moment of this in this encounter. He says each of them offering rich insights into the mystery of our own life in Christ. So I guess as we speak about these, we'll go fairly quickly because we're running into the last almost ten minutes already. Um, but to maybe think of yourself specifically. So again, uh, as Sarah and I talk, we're not talking about uh, groups. We're talking about individuals mm-hmm. who have Lord. You know, so there's a great multitude, but then he meant wanted to meet Bartimaeus, but it means he wants to meet you. Um, in the first one, he says, uh, the blind man is, is alone, sunken in misery, and no one knows more than how needy he is. 
how helpless he is, he is left to himself. Because this alone shows us the first absolute condition for being a disciple. Not to deceive ourselves, fully to acknowledge our interior state. To see ourselves reduced to misery after having attempted to create for ourselves a life without God. Or one in which we pay only lip service to God. A life in which, de facto, even if not in theory, we are our own Lord and Master. Every human being, if honest, should recognize himself in this blind beggar Bartimaeus. Um, I think so often we do do that. We have, we try to create ourselves, which is like for me, I'm like, if you want to change your life, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop like Jesus did and stop that and say, Lord, recreate me right mm-hmm. now, please. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making sure we're not paying, only paying lips, lip service to God, making sure you're in mind, body, heart, and soul. But be humble enough to admit I am paying lip service. I'm just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. I'm blinded by a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, and being aware of what blinds you. Um, yeah, and it, said, it even says, notice how or where he has stationed himself at the roadside where everyone passes by. It says he has not stayed away, shut away in his home. So I think, like, we can be blinded yeah. in isolation. Yeah, I thought about that with people this year with the pandemic which has Mm -hmm. isolated us how many Mm -hmm. people are alone at home and in need but haven't reached out Mm -hmm. or no one's reached out to them and how much they need our prayers to have the courage to do that Mm -hmm. and that might be an invitation uh, for us um, listening to to, to pray Lord who are you calling me to be Jesus to Mm -hmm. if I have been Bartimaeus I'm I'm past that Um, who am I blind to that is calling out but maybe is so afraid of someone not wearing a mask or someone not being vaccinated but like bring them back to confession bring them back to mass bring them back to prayer but take steps of like meeting them Mm one-on-one and 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 when everyone says don't do it don't do it don't do it just go for it (laughs) just dive in but don't quit on them i know bishop always says seven times invitation Mm -hmm. so don't quit if the person says no i'm not coming back or whatever but eventually we have to move forward um, to go to Jerusalem to know Jesus' mm-hmm. passion for us. Um, the second part, he says, he says, um, it seems he was not only looking for human compassion, but for the kingdom of God as well. Because when he heard that Jesus was going by, I think that's just such a, a moment to like reverence that and be like, do we know who Jesus mm-hmm. is? Like when we talk about him, do we have reverence? Yeah, he recognized him as the son of David, which was yeah. a messianic title. So mm-hmm. he he saw, even though he couldn't see, he could see who Jesus was. He mm-hmm. had a sense of that. Yeah. And then I, I love this line. Um, on page 77, he says, Shouting, he, Bartimaeus, tries to compensate for what his eyes cannot see, for the road his feet cannot find. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, through that shout, Repeated more and more loudly, he pours out his whole soul into Jesus' mm-hmm. ears. Mm-hmm. Bartimaeus sees only with the eyes of his heart, but the eyes of his body cannot see. And thus he sees, excuse me, more deeply than all others. He does not ask for money, food, lodging, or clothing, all of which would be merely partial and passing relief in his suffering. Because his, his very misery has made him bolder. I just, I don't know. I'm <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. I love this wordsmith. He's just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to like think of uh, pouring out your whole soul before the Lord into Jesus' ears and knowing that Jesus hears you. Um, but I think a lot of people have stopped shouting. Mm-hmm. They shout more in anger at politics or at mm-hmm. people 
but they're not calling out to, to God. Mm-hmm. And he's just by begging, if not more than Bartimaeus wanted to beg, the Bartimaeus in us to stop and to simply be with us, to calm us, mm-hmm. and to call us, and to ask, you know, um, what do you want me to do for you? <laughs> Which I think is a, a great question, but really, uh, he says he wants to see, but it's not just see, I'm sure physically, but he wants to see everything. Mm-hmm. What's the point of all that? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so much going on there. Yeah, yeah. And then that boldness that you've already talked about is really the third point, to be bold with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask boldly. And uh, it says on page 78, We Christians must implore our Father with all the boldness and daring of the child who knows that nothing can be not denied us by the God who loves us and who is the Lord of heaven and earth. So do we have that boldness of mm-hmm. Bartimaeus? Yeah, and, and, and not being afraid to be bold. Mm-hmm. And even going further, he says, Jesus is always listening, listening to see, which is like a weird thing to say, but to see if he hears our deepest voice rising above the tumult of the world and our passions, our voice unremittingly shouting the holy, his holy name, mm-hmm. shouting for him to come and help us. Uh, says Jesus contradicts his disciples who want to keep the blind man far away from their teacher. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so really all we have to do, especially as Catholics, is bring people before the Eucharistic Lord mm-hmm. and saying this and tell them like what who he is and notice how even in adoration he stops for us. Mm-hmm. You know, he's stopping. Yeah, like we are is. before him, Bartimaeus, totally, you know. Mm-hmm. And he wants to call us into himself. Um, yeah, there is like uh, just a beautiful invitation, as he said, to, to rid ourselves of purely human prudence that keeps God's dearest creation, creature, man, separated from God through human respect for appearance or, or, or and social religious conventions. Um, he goes on to kind of tap into last week's thing, saying, perhaps Jesus himself, a poor man, not ha- having anywhere to lay his head, identifies with the blind beggar, just as he identifies with the little infants. And so he wants to be where the blind man is just as much as the blind man wants to be where he mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. So Jesus almost wants to trade places. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so much going on there. Yeah. <clears throat> and then we move to the point that you've already made about throwing off his mantle mm-hmm. and leaving behind the past. And the point made on page 80 is that he doesn't want to hide anything from Jesus. He wants to be naked and nude mm-hmm. before the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he's joyful in doing that. Mm-hmm. And it allows for the, the contact that they have to be even more intimate between the two mm-hmm. of them because he comes in his need, his great need, which is what we're all invited to, to do as well. Yeah, and I, I was even praying with... Um, one of the focus missionaries last night, a student, the student was just feeling very overwhelmed and kind of depressed. Well, not kind of depressed. They're just depressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as I was anointing him, uh, I felt the Lord was asking me and Kyle, well, not you know who this focus missionary <laughs> is, uh, to do a uh, prophetic act. Mm. So a prophetic act is something that we feel the Lord is putting on our hearts to do. And I felt like this particular student had like an extremely heavy like anvil mm. on his shoulders. He's carrying the weight of the world. So Kyle and I kind of went, before I laid hands on him, went next to him and acted like we were, you know, in fact, like we acted as if we were lifting up this heavy, mm-hmm. heavy anvil. Mm-hmm. And then we just took it and put it right in front of the crucifix mm. and said, Jesus, you take it, cover it yeah. in, your, in, your, in your blood. 
Um, but I could feel that. I was like, mm-hmm. taking, I was like, I, I just told him, I was like, I don't know. I think the Lord is asking us to do a prophetic act uh-huh. here. <laughs> so we did it. Yeah. Um, awesome. But I think Take it's kind of like, away. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's an invitation for us to like saying, kind of like in a certain sense, what the heck do we have to lose? Because mm. like what we're doing for some of us clearly isn't working and just mm. being willing to be asked for help. And there he was sitting, you know, and I came in and stop. Kyle's like, could you please stop for a second and pray with us? Yeah. And, and, you know, I was like, absolutely. So you lived absolutely. this out last night. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. Fifth point is, uh, he says, you know, the blind man can respond without hesitation to the question Jesus asks him. It is because he knows himself well. Um, I think Socrates is the one who says, not know thyself, which is really important for us. Um, also know, know it's true and what lies the Lord wants to deliver from us. Uh, he said he has learned how to distinguish between his true needs and all those frivolous desires that deceive us. Not that anybody here, you know, would struggle with that. Um, but like, <laughs> then he asked, what do you want me to do for you? So if we are taking time to examine, and I think the fact that Bartimaeus is sitting is important. He's being still. He says, you know, Master, I want to receive my sight. So Jesus already knows it, but I think the importance of Jesus wanting us to speak it out loud. Right, yeah. He wants us to articulate what our mm-hmm. desire is and what we need. He knows it, like you said, but mm-hmm. he wants to hear it from our own lips. Mm-hmm. He wants to hear our desires. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. yeah, that's so, so important. Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess we'll maybe just kind of skip ahead to the sixth one. On page 82... Even though, even though there's so much we could say here, but mm-hmm. um, he says our episode concludes in a way that is no less surpassing than everything else we have mm-hmm. seen. The blind man of Bethsaida had been sent home by Jesus after being healed. But Bartimaeus is different. When Jesus says to him, "Go your way; your faith has made you well," he recovers his sight instantaneously. And the first thing upon which he naturally fixes his brand new eyes to break them in, so to speak, is the face of Jesus, his Savior. It is in order to see Jesus, the visible image of God, more than anything else, that Bartimaeus recovers his sight. And going down uh, a little further, it says, Jesus gives him his freedom, the option of doing whatever he chooses with great gift, the great gift of faith just received. Jesus actually puts one last test in this man's path by thus dismissing him. But what is this man, in his great nobility of soul, choosing to do is to cling permanently to following Jesus on Jesus' way. For Bartimaeus, seeing is henceforth one and the same as seeing Jesus, and seeing Jesus is one and the same as following Jesus on his way. I could go on forever, but I think like <laughs> uh, the fact that once Jesus heals you and delivers you, he gives you choice, mm-hmm. freedom. Uh, and to think of like the rich young man who couldn't do it, and you're, here you have a poor beggar who is now we're going to have to travel upwards because the, the physical inclination of the um, topography there is you're going up now. And you go up to Jerusalem so the whole world can see the love of the Father that he sent mm-hmm. his only son to die for us. And I think of so many people have never just taken that journey, but notice how they're in community, they're with others, and they're going up together. And now they have to help this blind man who's never seen. So they don't know how well his balance is. They don't know how good his <laughs> his, his sight truly is. But he, he's the first thing he, see, he sees is the face of Jesus. But then he's also going to see his, him and his passion, which scripture um, has said that he looked like a worm. You know, mm-hmm. he looked, it was so bad. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder, like, yeah, what would, uh, what would have the, the, the Jerusalem meant to Bartimaeus? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. to, to meet him in his passion. Right. 
What really struck me in the section that you read is that to truly see Jesus mm -hmm. is to fall in love with him. Mm. So I agree with you that there's a choice and a freedom, but in some ways when you fall totally in love with someone, you're like, I know I have a choice, but I can't imagine doing anything yeah. else than mm -hmm. being with this person. Mm -hmm. um, we have that phrase, love is blind, and mm. it exists for a reason. I think it's more about an infatuation is blind yeah. than love is blind, because mm -hmm. love truly does see the person as they are. And when you when you love someone, you see the goodness in them, you see the beauty maybe in a way that someone who doesn't love them can't see. They mm -hmm. see just the limitations or the frustrations they have with the yeah. person sometimes. Totally. But yeah, to fall in love with Jesus, to see him truly, to fall in love with him and then to follow. You see Bartimaeus living that out. Yeah. Yeah, he's ended up that line on page eighty three like truly Jesus has ravished his heart. Yeah. So that might be a question to ask yourself uh, if you're listening. Has Jesus truly ravished your heart? Mm -hmm. uh, has he totally captured it? Um, has he totally, you know, wooed you to win you um, in his passion? And yeah. have you just stopped um, to allow Jesus to call you? And are you begging him um, and not letting the naysayers kind of discourage you. Right. Even those who are good followers of Jesus. Like yeah. these are his apostles. Right. <laughs> and Jesus clearly puts them in a place saying, mm -hmm. I want to talk to the individual mm -hmm. and call them in the community personally in a way they can understand mm -hmm. and know they are loved so they only see my face. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, I think it's just so important to do Lexia Divina with a particular chapter. So uh, take some time just to read it over. Tell the Lord's going on in your heart. And to say, Lord, how are you trying to speak to me through this? Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you trying to say to me? And let him speak to you. Ask him to speak to you in a way that you can understand. Right. It's always a good prayer to pray. Right. Yeah, and we'll only ever see perfectly in heaven. Mm -hmm. We talk about the beatific vision of heaven. And, you know, St. Paul has that phrase in First Corinthians about we see dimly now as through a glass, mm -hmm. but we'll see perfectly when we are in heaven because we'll see Jesus face to face. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so to be patient with ourselves, too. Like, there are going to be blind spots, which the Lord will reveal if we allow mm -hmm. him to. And I don't so, have any blind yeah. spots. Oh, okay. Well, Father Zach doesn't, but I probably do. I just can't tell you what they are because I can't yeah. see them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all your blind spots. That's such a great thing to do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, to be patient and to allow him to continue to give us the sight that we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that we can fall fully and completely in love with him and follow him wherever he wants to mm -hmm. lead us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then asking to become him to others, mm -hmm. you know, to be, do what he's done for you to others, mm -hmm. which is, you know, so he's given us a model to, to spiritually wash our feet with your prayers and to call them and ask them, like, what do you want Jesus to do for you? Mm -hmm. It's a great question to ask people when you're with them, if you, if you have the opportunity to, to pray mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. um, as we close, usually I have a sheet of paper and it says, like, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. It says like shout outs and then or listeners, hopeful listeners, whatever. I I totally forgot. I thought about it before I was doing this. And I'm just like, I'm just going to wing it. Um, <laughs> but I guess if I had a, a hopeful listener, or a, I'll give a shout out to, um, I, I guess I really enjoy Peter Murphy. He's one of our oh, yes. mission partners. He's been super supportive. And also, um, just want to give a shout out to a brother priest I was able to pray with last week. And just to see his vulnerability and his suffering to ask for help mm -hmm. was like super moving and just to hear the, the peace he's had. So also the two people I prayed with, I don't want to name names for that particular one because it's private. Um, but just to see that was like really, really powerful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to 
give a shout out yeah to well i've already mentioned my friend father bob gross and my shout out would be a, a plea to you all to pray for him this mm. week he uh had a, a young man in his uh one of his parishes who committed suicide a high mm. school student and so it's just really difficult of course for everyone yeah. so pray for him as he loves mm. those people and for the meyer family as they mourn the loss of their son and brother mm. those are just awful that's, that's like one of my uh when I was praying with a prayer team once, they asked, like, what is, what is your deepest fears? And I was like, I just don't have to bury any students. Yeah. I was like, I just could not imagine that. So my heart goes out to you, Father Bob, uh, as you, um, I say Father Bob because Father Bob Collip. That's how he's like, Father Bob Collip. That's how he talks. It. Uh, <laughs> it's not his name, but that's just how I pronounce it now. But yeah, my heart goes out to him. Uh, if, I had, if I had a hopeful listener, um, besides, I, I'm sure my mom, my mom listens to all of this. Uh, <laughs> Very faithful. Yes, yes. Um, I'm going to throw it out to the priest who celebrated Mass uh, when I felt called to be a priest. It was, it was Archbishop Dolan time, but Cardinal Dolan, if he ever listens to this, <laughs> that would be a total hopeful listen. Awesome. Not that he's ever yeah. busy. You know, I'm sure he has plenty of time to listen. <laughs> right. You know, but that's just a, 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 just a try. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll say a hopeful listener could be my friend Ame, one of my best friends who lives in, uh, no, she's from Louisiana. She lives in Texas. And she's married and has a beautiful little daughter, my goddaughter, Miriam. Mm. Uh, so if you're listening, I love you. Awesome. <laughs> love it. And then, uh, again, if you have prayer requests, um, you can always just email us at uh, titancatholics at gbdioc.org. Send us prayer requests. Uh, we can definitely pray for you, especially at Mass. It's one of our, our greatest and most honored places to pray for everyone. Um, I was thinking for a closing prayer, maybe we could do the prayer. Uh, I'm just going to make this into a prayer on the bottom page 83 because it literally ends with the words, let us pray. <laughs> so I that seems appropriate. That would be a good one. So, well, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Heavenly Father, we ask that our own miseries and blindness, all the apparent dead ends of our own lives, once exposed patiently and thoroughly to God's mercy in Jesus, may become occasions of loving surrender and may therefore yield such fruits as these in our own lives. Help us remember that this requires the ability to pray continuously with concentration and energy. <laughs> and since we have only a limited supply of attention, we must acknowledge that we'll be too weak and scattered to pray as we ought if we habitually squander our spiritual energy in other directions. May we say that the wise practice of energy conservation is essential to a vibrant spiritual life so that our soul may be spent in Bartimaeus' one cry, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening, and know of our prayers for you. God bless you.